Today we have a virtual coffee with Upasana Chauhan. Mandy Sangera introduced us to each other and I'm really glad she did. Upasana is involved with many very interesting organizations. You just sent me an impressive list as part of your biography and I think it is a shame that we can't talk about all of these organizations. To only list all of them would require a whole blog post, I am afraid. So let's focus about your involvement in the Men Up campaign, the New York City for SIDA, and the UN Interagency Network on Youth Development and the UN in general, because that has my special interest. Perhaps you want to introduce some few other organizations as we go. For listeners who are not familiar about who you are, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Thanks, Aliana, for having me today. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Uh, I am Upasma Chahan. I, I, I am from India. But I'm based in New York uh, since last few years. I am actively involved uh, with a lot of NGOs which are associated with UN as well. It's giving the background of how and why did I even begin this journey at the first place is because while I was growing up in India, I faced myself a lot of issues about how while growing up, even if you want to step out of your house, it's completely unsafe. So you're pretty much just safe inside your house. Once you go outside, you have your society, your environment. Uh, tries to strike you out on everything that you want to be in in your life or do in your life. It's I, it can be as simple as um, you want to step out of your house to go and shop something, and then anybody can from the from your society can just call you out in the middle. Of, Why are you even outside? To that, they can also call you, you know, to calling you out on why do you want to be an engineer? Why do you want to take science? Why, why you should be just taking art? Because you can't do it. You are a girl. You will fail because other boys have failed too. So if a boy can't do it, of course a girl can never do it at all. For, and how can you even think about having a job? Because your only job is to get education, get a good certificate, and then just get married and have kids. So that is the all that they expect out of you. But you know, your soul knows uh, that what what are you here for? What what God made you for? God didn't make you just for like, being stopped by or being uh, influenced by these factors. God made you to help others. God made you to pave your own path and then pave the path for others as well who will be following you from your community. So I followed uh, my journey and then I started <clears throat> my job in in uh, corporate world as uh, in, in software banking analysis for, for a long time. And I kept working on my uh, on helping girls and women raise their bar, step out of their homes as well. So I started my own NGO uh, called I Do Dare at the age of 21, where I wanted to encourage and involve housewives to give them um, opportunities to so that they can earn from where they are so that they don't have to step out because they can't and using the online e-commerce platform. Although the NGO, it survived for two years because then I moved to States and then I couldn't continue it because of the distance. And after that, I'm, uh, I still got engaged with a lot of NGOs. So now currently as of 2018, I'm an advisory board member with NGOs in India, Kenya, Bangladesh and US where I help all of them in their in their in in working for youth, women, women's issues, girls' education, 
sending girls to school, uh, helping them raise funds, helping them raise their voices at UN, bringing their concerns through me at UN, bring their voices as well. Uh, there are two organizations that I officially represent at UN. Uh, one is Man Up Campaign, where we work with men and boys on standing up for violence against women because we cannot uh, stop this until and unless we involve men into gender equality. We have to bring men and we have to tell men that you, ha you are the ones who need to stop it and also campaign for it and work for it and protect women, not even protect women. Uh, it will be mostly like you have to basically be a good gentleman, man up the healthy way. Because when boys are growing up, uh, they, they relate man up, man, you should man up and t tell your wife the right, her right place, you should man up and do this. So there has been a toxic masculinity related to the, to the boys from the time they're growing up. And then when they become adults, they have already manned up and that manned up thing turns in the wrong way. You can see a lot of examples that when a, a, a man rapes a, a, somebody's sister, they would be like, okay, now I will rape your sister back, you know, because you rape my sister because it's between men to men. And they want to be like, okay, this it's between us. And now since you rape my sister, I'll rape your sister. And it happens in a lot of developing, developing countries, India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh. Um, oh my God, recently, that's horrible. Yeah, it is even horrible to think of it. Like, how can you think that somebody, she doesn't even know if they have, if two men have a fight, the sister wouldn't even know about it. right? But she, though, she's the one who gets punished, but they think somehow punishing her, you will help it. And it's not even punishing. They are having pleasure, right? How is that a punishment? How is that even a revenge? So we work with men and boys to, to stop this and to, to um, teach, um, to we do advocacy workshops with, with men to tell them that this is what you should do. Maybe fetch a glass of water yourself. Go take your food yourself. Cook it for yourself, uh, or you know, you don't have to depend upon your wife to do all of it, or your mother, or your daughter, or your sister. You have to man up and start taking more responsibilities at home as well, because now women are taking responsibility outside. But when it comes to home, it's still up to women's thing, because they has they have to finish it up before they go out and then finish it up after they come back home. So it's men men should also step up now. It's time. So that's what we do with Man Up Campaign in 23 countries, and we involve youth uh, in most of these issues. Do you already see a change? Uh, we see a change with few of the men. For example, uh, there was a case in Uganda where we worked with men, and he was in particular the one uh, who is now leading the campaign, didn't even know that men have some role or any role in gender equality whatsoever. Now, when he, he attended one of our conferences there that we did, he was like, oh, wow, I never thought of it like that before. Then he went back home and he helped his wife. And, you know, then the, the relationship completely changed with his wife. They were now a happy family. There were no, no more fights about silly small things. And now he's the one campaigning with uh, other men. And if, and whenever he would go and have any business deal with other men, he would make sure that he would tell them up front that uh, first you have to promise me that you would vouch and vow for gender equality. 
and he would first tell them that this is what our moral core beliefs are. Do you agree with them? If yes, then I'll have a deal with you. Yeah, and I saw that you shared a documentary on Facebook involving women in India who are getting married. Yes. that they it really focused out, uh, on them losing their identity. I tried to search for, yes, for it. Yes. I couldn't find it yet, only the trailers. And I really was impressed uh, with the trailers alone. I don't remember. The... Uh, it's it's called um, a suitable girl. Yes, that's yes, the yes, mm. and uh, you can find it on Amazon, I believe. Oh. Uh, it's on um, available. I haven't seen the full movie myself, uh, but I want to do it myself. And trust me, Aliana, it was so relatable. Yeah. So relatable. Uh, that whole documentary, the whole process that a girl goes through during an arranged marriage is so tearful, hurtful for your soul. Because you pretty much have no identity, literally. You might be a very educated person with uh, excellent scores. Like, you know, you work so hard to get those grades that you want to. You work so hard to get in that college that you want to. But then in the end, you it's all about who you get married to and your even name changes. So there are two, some, some of the communities, they even change your first name. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. So in the end... Uh, in, and, of course, you have to t- take your last name of your husband's family, too, which I did not take. And he, my husband is an amazing uh, feminist supporter <laughs> of everything. So oh. I touch wood, I have been blessed. But if I wouldn't have been blessed by him, I am sure. And that was the, uh, uh, honestly, that was my concern when I was looking for a rain marriage, when I was meeting all the alliances, possible alliances and everything. Everybody that I spoke to would only talk about how much sacrifices can I make and how much do I have to change. And uh, one guy even mentioned once, I remember that you you were a kid and suppose you were at level one and now you went to school, college, and now you're working and now you went up the ladder of your career or life here. But once you get married to me, you will come back to zero. And then same thing applies for your friends. Once you get married to me, you would have no friends. Then once you get married to me, you would not have this. So there were like 10 things he told me that I wouldn't have if I get married to him because I would have to leave pretty much everything. And it's just about him. And I, it, it really scared It's a choking. It really scared everything out of me, but it's it is choking for it was choking for me too. But it is the life of so many girls and women. Even today, I stepped up and I I cannot do this. I just can't be like. And then there was another guy who I was very close to getting married to, and he told me on my face about once you get married to me, you will just be my wife and daughter-in-law in this house. And uh, you won't be anybody's sister or daughter or friend. Oh my God. Those are like the secondary or tertiary things. You would be, you would, uh, your primary role would be just be of my wife. I was like, so it's, you are nowhere in the picture for, for first of all. Like, you can't even think about that you have anything, any identity. No. It, it, you, it, you're still. 
from the perspective I have of marriage, and marriage should be ex uh, accepting the other person for who they are and acknowledge oh. them for who they are and love them for who they are. And it's so different. <laughs> it is definitely not like a marriage in India, especially arranged marriages. I wouldn't say that for love marriages. I would uh, say that for most of the arranged marriages. Some, some love marriages as well. Um, do it because of the uh, kind of family they belong to and if the, mm. if the man does not stand up with the family. So basically when the traditions are changing, now times are changing, but the traditional people and the older generation, they don't want to change. Mm. So they have fed the same values into their sons and daughters. So uh, because kind of you grow up in the same thinking that, okay, once when I get married, I'll have a wife who would do everything for me. And she would come to this home, take care of my mom, my dad, myself. And that's her. It's like they take it for granted that it's her job. She's not doing me any favor. So they, it, it comes to an end. They treat you more like a maid, yes. less than a human being. There's you know? no respect. The respect is a question. You can't even ask for respect. If they're not giving you respect and you're mm -hmm. asking for respect, then you are, why are you questioning? You don't know how to behave. You are a stubborn woman. We will tell your parents. We will talk to them. Then they will go back and complain to your parents. Then what have you taught your girl? She's talking back. So you can't, you can't even talk to them. Because then you would be named as, oh, she talks back. Why does she talk back? She, you can't talk back. So you can't be doing anything. You just have to walk into the house, change your names, change your first name, last name, whatever. People, have, I know friends whose, whose in-laws have threatened them to divorce them just because she said, I don't want to change my last name. Uh, or she said, maybe I would, I can keep both the last names for my husband and for my parents as well. And, you know, they would be like, divorce for everything. Call it, name it, anything. I didn't feel, the husbands might be saying, oh, I didn't feel respected. Why you didn't feel respected? No, I went to blah, blah room. And then there were not five people asking me, oh, how are you feeling? Who are you? How are you? But for women, she's just a slave. So men want to be treated like, if once they're married, they want to be treated as kings. What is it's your the girl's family? When, when because I find it very interesting, um, and I really can see you're passionate about this, and I can understand why uh, I would be as well. And uh, I talked with um, a few other guests about this topic too, and it still fascinates me that on one world there can be so many different side through things but when I look at all the things you are doing what is your main drive because you're involved in so many projects and what drives you the most what what is the thing that you want to accomplish because it's so many things and you're so passionate and I really love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, to be very honest my drive and what keeps me driving every day when I think of it is Two things. First of all, I think uh, the battle for me to be here, do the things that I'm doing today, was in itself pretty hard. And when I overcame this, now I want to spread the word and the courage and share my strength with other girls so that they can do the same. I'm like the girl next door to so many people or to where the city or small town that I came from. So I want to, that is what drives me. 
that I want every girl who was in my city, town, community, country to think of themselves as another Upasana and not be like, not think of them as they're weaker in any way. If I can do it, trust me, anybody can do it. And that keeps me driving that I have to do it, not for myself only, but for them too, because maybe I can inspire them, help them in some way so that they can come out of that trap too. And the second thing that drives me is again, on the similar notes is I, uh, I still feel no so many people in my life personally that are struggling, battling in their everyday lives to just get their voices heard. Some are struggling to get even heard for in their homes about what they want to do if before they get married. Some are struggling since they've gotten married to maintain the marriage now because now the husbands have started threatening them because they want to have their own voices. Some of them are struggling for their names, as you, as I mentioned, you, you know, because some are struggling for their identities because they are so very well educated, intelligent, intelligent women, but they are supposed to shut them out and sit at home and just cook and clean and just not do anything at all. They inspire me every day that we have not even come any steps further. There are so many NGOs that I'm engaged with where a 14-year-old girl is getting married and I'm so helpless. I cannot help her. I'm not able to help her because of her family and everybody, it gets to a threatening level of, of, of your life, of the kid's life that you're dealing with. And that daughter, that little girl doesn't even know anything about marriage. She just know adults get married. So she was like, when I get married, you know, I might just want to have a gift as a doll. Because she doesn't know anything about from that. She doesn't know the meaning of, of anything. There was a 93-year-old woman that I met in, in India. She was labeled witch because her husband died and the day her husband died next day her relatives her own family people they declared oh you're a witch because you your husband died and you were still alive so you are rich and they just threw her out of the house and that was that it has nothing to do with her her husband was not feeling well but those are the kind of traditions that they're still fighting for and then they the reason they kicked her out was to get her money in trouble and they, you just simply declare a woman witch and just throw her out. And now she's homeless. And I met her in a, in a, in a park outside, uh, in, outside her village where she was, she would sit all day long alone. And then she would just go sleep in one of her further relatives home who are like kind of doing her a favor by letting her stay in, in a, in the, in the house. And they, she doesn't have a single control on, on her life from what, what to eat, what to eat from that little detail. If they find her that she's eating something outside her home that they don't know of, then they would question her, why are you eating this? Where did you get the money from? How can you eat it? So even when NGOs want to help her, they don't let the NGOs help. For example, when I wanted to give her money, because when I met her, I, I was I was like, oh my God, I can't even see. And then I, I want to give her some money so that I can help her in small little ways. And this guy saw this. He was right in front when I, I, when I gave the money to her. I didn't know that you know, he would be a trouble. And then he was like, why are you giving her money? I said, it's my money. And it, it, I want to give it to her. She needs it. No, you should not give her the money because... Um, she doesn't know how to use the money. It's not her money. And I would decide for her. So you give that money to me. 
not to her. I said, this is my money. I'm giving it to her. You are not going to do anything about it. It's my wish, my choice, and it's my, and that is the reason I'm giving it to her at the first place. Later, I found out that the, that man was actually the one uh, uh, where this lady was living. In, she was living in his house with his wife and family. So he was paying for his, because uh, he was feeding them every day food, for, he, feeding her food and everything. So he wanted all the money to himself and not to her. So she returned the money back to me. She said, if he knows it, not today, after you go, he will beat me. And, you know, strip search me and find the money. If, so she had to give it back to me and then I gave it to the NGO and I told them later through some way they skipped the money, slipped it under some, you know, some sweets or something like food or something and they hid it and they gave it. Ah, so really, it really, there are a million things that inspire me every day. Not it really breaks my heart to, to, I know yeah. things going on and I see... Uh, different situations, but uh, break, heartbreaking situations in my country and the countries I visit. But this, a 93-year-old, it's really... Yeah. And I have so many questions now in my head. I know. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the whole... From? <laughs> Why do people behave like this? I, yeah. I want to understand what is your yeah. view about um. I'll tell you what it comes from is, um, to be honest, women from many ages um, traditionally or for in the name of traditions, in the name of rituals, customs, they, are, they don't have any human rights. Like They are human, but they actually don't have human rights. They don't even have animal rights, to be honest. They are pretty much treated as an object especially in few countries. They are treated as an ob object, as in like, okay, this object belongs to family A right now. Let's let's put this object on this table. Let's put flowers in that vase. You know what I mean? Like, it's like an object. Oh, now this object is ready to to give away. Okay, let's, let's now give this object away to family B. Now the family B, it gets to... So it, 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 it's actually like... Family A would raise you, telling you, you are actually being raised for family B. So you are being trained for family B. So they keep telling you and reminding you, what will you do if you go to family B? What will you do after you get married? What will you do when you, you know, you're, when you're, your in-laws will then call us and complain about you, we don't want it. So you better behave yourself. So our daughter is always raised that way. That you, you are only to be gone away. So you, in, in your mind, your family, and you know that this is not what I, my whole life would be controlled by the family. Be now, when you go there, it, they are looking for a maid in the house because now the the mother-in-law in the house have gotten old. Now she's looking for the, the new one to come who can take care of the house, kids, family cook for them and shut them out. So it is never about anything else. No emotions, no relationships, no empathy, no love, no attachment. It's pretty much like a deal that you're doing. So when the husband of the family dies away, for example, then what do you do with this person who was here to, for, for nothing? You, know? you, kick that, you kick that woman out because you don't need her anymore. The husband left all the money to her but she, because women doesn't even have many property rights because she doesn't even have any document. She's 93 year old. She was a child bride herself. So when she got married, she, she might not even have a birth certificate, you know, 
because she's from that rural village. So she doesn't have any documents to prove her, her that she's alive. Literally, she had to uh, go to offices and tell them, looking in their eyes, I am standing here, I am alive, I need my pension money for my husband, that she is existent. So mm-hmm. her existence, her itself is in question. So if you don't exist in document, you don't have any education, you don't have anything, and you don't have um, the strength to stand up for yourself, then who would, you know, of course, then people would treat you like nothing because you, you, you valued. And when this woman was of actual value, like when she had property, uh, her husband left her a lot of money. So she was actually valuable. So they wanted to take all their value from her because she is, she, you know, she, because she's a woman, they can blame her for everything, right? You get raped. You are the one who get blamed. There's so, so, so many levels and it, exactly. do you ever feel drained? Ever? I always feel drained. I always feel drained. I swear, like, uh, especially when I go to these places, I feel like my head is bursting out. I feel so outraged. I lose my control. I really do. Because <laughs> then I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot take this. Even when I was growing up, there were so many times when I was like, God, like, why do even I have to fight for this, you know, for small little things? You would think that you should be getting it because your, you know, your peers are getting it. You wouldn't want to fight for it. You would know that this is for me as well, but you would have to fight for it. You'll have to fight for every single thing. So, for example, I was talking to a friend who was going through a tough time and she was like, my her in-laws were giving her a very tough time and she was like i'm so tired now she's a mother of two and she has done everything right 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 in life as per traditions you know her parents said you should do a go go for an arranged marriage and she was like a typical sweet indian girl yes girl who would say yes for everything the parents would say yes for everything in-laws would say she would not even call her husband by her his first name because traditionally you cannot call your husband by your name you have to like address him as something else because he's like, whatever. So she wouldn't even, so she was like, you know, seriously filling the checklist for a traditional Indian girl who was doing everything right. But now her in-laws are giving her such tough time. And then I was like, you will have to fight. You cannot be, and you will, I'm tired of fighting. She asked her parents, I did everything right in life. I was the right yes girl, right daughter, right daughter-in-law. And, you know, I have never done anything except the rule book of, for example, Indian culture. Why am I still suffering? And then they were like, it's not just you. We can't help it. Every girl has to suffer. And this is the girl's life. And this is how it is. Why are you even saying you're suffering? Can't you see that this is what you're supposed to do? This is how your life is supposed to be. Suffering. Yeah, this is. Yeah, you are you're, because a girl is always taught to be just adjust. Whatever your parents or your in-laws are telling you to do, you just being a girl, you just have to shut up, control your emotions, and just do it. Why are you even questioning it? They're, they, they, they I mean, <laughs> life. It's just, it's just. And that's why I said that they don't even have animal rights. No. Forget about human rights. Animal. They literally are lifeless objects. You can, you, if you want to place them here, you can place them wherever you want to. But They're how do they re-energize? How do they re-energize? Well, well, if you feel, because 
I deal with a lot of women who were abused and uh, yes. talking about issues of uh, children who are yes. abused and uh, children who have visitation rights with the abusers. And I feel sometimes really drained. But yeah, what do you do to re-energize? To um, single happy story. Uh, I mean, even if I drain out for everything, but there are there will still be somebody doing a some a small girl or or a woman and anywhere any part of the world still breaking that ceiling, breaking that door, breaking her silence. That gives me strength and re-energizes me. That okay, you know that if she can do it, maybe this case can also be solved. She can also do it. Ah, yeah. And that, you know, the whole chain, because when you feel so drained out, when you feel, I feel so sad. I, when I feel drained out, I feel frustrated, angry, all kind of emotions. And, you know, I feel so low. Of course, it hits you as well. You get depressed and everything emotionally as well. And, you know, your mood also goes, goes low and then you feel helpless. But then when I see there is this one, for example, if I would see one girl somewhere still doing, maybe if she's not Indian, maybe she's non-South Asian, maybe she's American, European, anybody, but she's doing it. For example, I saw another day, a 13-year-old girl, she was speaking at UN. She came from Norway, I think. And she was from a very uh, rural part of Norway. So she's never even seen a city. But she was speaking at UN. I was like, oh my God. How, you know, like the whole panel was full of 50 plus men and women. And this little 13-year-old girl was sitting there. So that like gave me so much energy and, you know, and hope and everything it was like okay maybe this is the, this can be the future generations of the country that i'm from maybe the future generation can be like okay i'll be at the stage on the table talking about and encouraging other women so that gives me hope you know for example people like like her people like so many other cases so it kind of balances some days you have um, very, you made so many amazing women who are doing such amazing work, and you think of it like, oh my God, what was what was I even doing when I was doing? You know what I mean? And then some days when I would say, see that, for example, last month um, there was a case in India where an eight days old baby was raped. Eight days. Oh my God! I mean, she was just born. She was still in her hospital. One of her relatives. I. It grosses me out to wow. an extent that you just, how? I can't even believe. How do you even do it with an eight days old? How, how, I, I don't even have the words. How, how does it come to your mind? Mind. Mind. You're, imagine, because this is how sickening it is. You don't, you actually don't give a damn about what, what is the, age you just care that oh she's a girl and she's alone in that room you you have to be real sick psychopaths to do it yeah men men such men have no what do i say i don't even have a word they don't have anything they have nothing they don't have a soul i don't think they have anything they just have a walking body it's just power and taking the opportunity and just yeah. grab something this, because yeah. it's exactly. And and in so many countries, they would blame the girls, including you know when I uh, if if you saw when I shared that video, uh, another documentary about how 
when i was in college for example myself uh, i was so excited i shopped went shopping with my mom oh i'll wear these dresses the skirt and those jeans you know and these tops everything i shopped for well and day one when i went to my college and then there was uh, i was wearing a jeans and a top that's it and when i was sitting there was maybe little slit when i was sat in between my jeans and my top there was a little tiny bit gap and then a girl came up to me and she was like you are so shameless you should step out of this uh, and then she, yeah and then she took me out in the corner and i thought what happened i had no clue what happened and she just started like how how dare you and i'm like i don't even know who you are it's my day one and she was just yelling at me like and i was asking her like why are you yelling at me what happened and then she was like what do you think of yourself and who do you think you are and oh, you're such a shameless and all that she was trying to use all the bad language and everything and then i was uh, finally after taking her outburst of her anger she told me uh, all of this was because i was when i was sitting um but like less than an inch of uh, my my back was visible between my top and my jeans and then few years down the uh, lane i started wearing indian traditional clothes cuz i was done with with this regularly and then there's one guy who comes up to me and he's like you know you're a very nice girl i know you personally that you're very sweet and you are very nice just that if you can stop wearing jeans because uh, you know people have started calling you characterless because you're wearing jeans i am like who are they to judge you <laughs> they so you you are the girl is to be named and la- so the way a girl dresses walks everything the society sits there and judges them and then waits to blame them so i was blame myself so many times for example when i wanted to marry my husband which which was a love marriage and i i decided after going through all that horrible identity crisis that i was going through because i was feeling like i am a nobody in this life and i don't my soul kept calling out that you pasna you're not a nobody you are somebody you cannot just do this to yourself so after when i told my family about this so and everybody else and then my relatives and everybody they they would call up and tell my parents that's why we told you not to educate her daughter that's why we t- told you not to send her to school to send her to, you were even you even send her to work we told you so many times not to send her to so my relatives would call and talk to my parents you know and to question them and why have they sent me to school and why was i even educated because of my education i did this you know broad fat shame to family because i chose the man that i want now of course now with the things that i do those same family members and the the places that i've been and work that i do those same family members have different language now now they are proud of me now they want to meet my husband yeah but now they want to meet me yeah, that must be so tough and so hard and are there a lot of I I know we are we had discussed some topics to talk about but I really want to dive yeah, into this sure. and to learn more about this um are there a lot of suicides among girls and women oh, Yeah I can't even describe you this actually uh, reminds me when I was I think in 97 98 I, uh, in 97 98 I remember it so vividly we were at uh, one of our uncle's house we were watching tv there was a uh, milk uh, who wants to be a millionaire corresponding thing in india on television 
show was online and we were watching this tv uh, on this wall and then we could see some fire for through the windows something we all ran out haliana there was the our the neighbor auntie she put herself on fire that night and she was in the backyard and she was like oh my god it completely she was so tortured all her life for dowry her son her mother in law made sure that her own kids doesn't call her mother they wanted her to call her a bitch they wanted her to call her bad names so she, and her parents wouldn't help her because she once she was married she can't go back they were not able to help her and she didn't want to bother them with her problems she was trying to be all nice and everything and she just lit herself it was so and i was 14 maybe not even 14 12 then that time and it completely i mean it was horrible to see it and you know at that age if you see something like that you know the story behind it you can never forget it that is the reason when you ask me that what keeps me there have been so many such memories in my mind aliana if i keep digging them they would you know if i then never let me sleep i work full time as in as a job i have another full time job as well in my it banking but this is what i do as well i am pretty much i'm up all night all the days up to 2 or 3 am because that is what i want to do i literally want to when i close my eyes of this world i at least want to make sure that because of me there is some little change in this world somebody even one life you know even one girl if i was able to save and she was not able to commit suicide or she could come out of that pain come out of that marriage if she wants to come out of that home before even getting married if she wants to have an idea but instead of killing her and yeah instead of killing her you know don't go to that extent i also felt suicidal so many times when i was facing all these struggles honestly so many times because of these all these blames that you get somebody spread a rumor to my family that uh, before i got married that i've got ma- got married already and they they were like you know telling my parents that oh you were she brought shame to the and the whole community like they they completely called me out and i was like cornered and left alone completely alone nobody was talking to me at all so what do you do in those days of course when you feel there is no scope no hope and based on a lie your whole life is changed your family your your relatives your friends who you think you you know that they were your friends the family that you think they were your family or you know the family relatives or cousins that you think were close to you no everybody so because i know that that's feeling i've been through it i know how it feels to be like that so i i make sure that nobody else has to go through it so i if even if i find a stranger crying in any restroom because we men women do that i remember when i was in at workplace one day and there's this girl is sitting in the next cabin and she's just crying endlessly because her husband threw her laptop he was hitting her because of she she did something she bought something without his permission you know and then i consoled her and i waited for her to come out like for 45 minutes just to tell her that you don't have to cry or you know give up to him but it's so difficult aliyama it's, it's so right. difficult 
I mean, I can do everything for them, but I cannot go back to their homes and fight for them. Because that is a battle each one has to fight. I had to fight my own battle myself at my home first, right? Then only I can find it, fight it globally. I first need to, like it says, charity begins at home. Even battle or fight begins at home first. You have to first fight for yourself. I fought for my own identity. I got it today. But I have to fight for it, right? And um, my difficult thing is letting go because when women ask me about their violent husband uh, or a violent partner, I can tell them that they are worthy. I can tell them they have the decision to go, but uh, although it's dangerous, of course, but they are the ones to actively do things. Do and things. so hard just to give the, the advice and then let it go. But let the, it go. my heart is always with them because they have to go through the battle and to yeah. the struggle. They have to. But I... I personally, from my experience and journey, I keep telling women and girls and my friends especially, that is the reason I keep telling them to be financially independent. Yeah, to have a job. Yeah. If you have a job, as for example, that's what I was telling to my friend two weeks back when she was battling to all of this. I was like, you need to believe in yourself. You were a good girl. You were a good student. She's doing a you know, PhD. She's going to be a doctor. And I told her, you have to believe that if a time comes or a day comes that your your family doesn't support you, none of those families support you, you, you should not worry. Pack your bags, take your kids, walk out of the house. You can earn for yourself. Get yourself a rented house. You don't need any family. First of all, you can't even call them a family if they are the ones giving you pain. Right? You don't have to. You don't owe them anything. And secondly, if, if, you, if you can earn for yourself, put your daughters into school, put your kids, you know, take, your, take care of yourself, put, put some meal on the table, you might survive in little money in the beginning, but then step by step you would go. But break, take that fear out of yourself first. Say, like, oh, I'll be helpless. In the, in the yes. It's so yeah. important. It is so important that you take the control and take the fear out of your body and just throw the fearness, fear out. Wow, I'm going to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because Because what happens is fear controls you. Yes. You get scared. You get scared of the, what will happen if I do this? What, what, what will happen if I do that? Yeah. So you don't think clearly. Yeah. You think because fear controls you. Fear controls your decision. Fear controls your everything. So you have to first be fearless. Tell yourself that your heart would beat really fast your heart would pound so fast your brain would also pound so fast you would be actually scared or you would be nervous shaking your hands and even if you are shaking your hands are shaking whatever still tell yourself i can work i can earn a little money if i can because i have done some education and i i can do it and i will walk out of this house i don't need them they need me Tell this to yourself five times, 10 times, 15 times, and tell this to them also. I don't need you. You need me. Yes. I don't need you. You need me. You have to repeat it I'm until they get it. And then walk out of the house. Go find yourself a place. Live alone. Live with, if you're spiritual, meditate, pray. Live with your connection with God. You live with your connection with your kids. And believe in your goodness. Never be rude or kind to, unkind to anybody. 
but just make sure that you also don't let anybody else to be unkind to you. Just work your your you know hours off, earn for yourself, for your kids, and then just live your life. Be fearless is the only thing. I have one more question for this sure. uh, podcast, but I would like to <laughs> have an episode two if possible one day. <laughs> of course, yeah, we, we any time with Lillian. Uh, that would be wonderful because I I can there are little literally more topics I want to talk with you about. <laughs> um, but if someone wants to be like you, mm-hmm. and I can imagine why. And they want to become involved with, uh, let's say, the Men Up campaign or the United Nations or do things, become active, not be passive, but do something. And they have you as a role model, because I believe role models are very important. Yes. Um, what, what would your advice be to them? Um. I have a couple advices for them is first of all is which I always did with myself to start with where you are, what you have. Don't think of that tool or don't think of that opportunity or your city or your town as, oh, I'm in this part of the world. I can't be in New York or at UN or in this part of the world. So I should not even start because I will not make it there. No. When I started this, I started it, I remember when I was in India, online writing blogs and an article. That's how I started. And now I've come a full circle with those four people, set of people and everything. That is one advice. So start with wherever you are, what you have. Think of that current situation, place that you are in and make of it the best opportunity. You know, if you are in, let's say, Netherlands, I am 100% sure there are so many issues that you can work there. Once you start doing that, the whole path will start opening for you. You would meet people of the like-minded, connections like-minded, everything. And then one by one by one, doors would open for you and you would be there where you want to be. But start, that is the biggest thing. Second major thing that I noticed is uh, throughout my journey with the people around that I've met and seen through so many years, uh, and I personally always follow is that Make sure that during when you're doing this part, uh, always remember why are you doing it. You're doing it not for yourself and your fame. No. You're not doing this to say, okay, um, uh, I want to be, you know, a star or uh, get awards or, you know, be known and being in newspapers and media. No. You're doing it for the women and girls in those villages waiting for you. Passion is the most important thing. Exactly. So you have to be very down to earth. Mm-hmm. You have to be very humble, kind, not be opportunist and use people and get into the, all the politics that you know generally happens when you get to the other side of the world. You don't have to become the part of that circus. You don't. You have to be, be or remind yourself every single day and keep it up that the, those are the ones that you are fighting for, not this. <laughs> You have to be, for example, at the UN at the table, make sure that you are voices of those girls and women who are not in the room. Because like you have I to reach out to them. I don't think because it takes so much energy. Yeah. And um, because the stories you hear, they will break your heart. Yeah. Now it can't be about you. It has it to is, be about them. 
Exactly, but when um, uh, the reason I'm saying this as an advice to all the girls and women is because when you grow up the ladder, when your organization grows up, and whatever organization that you set up or whatever uh, the thing that you're doing in life, that takes control of over you, uh, and then you kind of um, you you detour on your way, but you don't have to. Every single day, you have to remind yourself. I am a girl from, a, for example, from that small town. I am a girl there. I'm a girl from that village. I am voice of that girl, little girl, eight days old who couldn't speak. Or I'm a voice of that 93-year-old woman. So you have to think yourself, put like it, you have to get into that character every day. Think of yourself that, okay, this is who I am. I am not a person. I am that 93-year-old. This is my voice. Only then you can actually achieve things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Your intention matters, not your anything else. Your intention behind your action, that is what it matters. And then you can do it. And the third and the most important thing that I feel is you will face a lot of battles when you are on your journey to this place, irrespective of whatever part of country or world uh, or city you belong to. Every single day, there would be somebody who would tell you, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to show? What are you trying to do? Question your in- intentions, question your work, put you down, everything. You make sure that you respond back to the person with love and kindness. Because when you do that, I mean, you can, of course, be rude and mean also, which, of, of course, some people do. But I'll tell you, if you give them, respond with kindness and love, you, in a way, include them in your journey that person will then turn around and help you rise and help you in your goal help you and for example violence against women for example if somebody is trying to be mean to me and tell me that why are you trying to be like this this is not nice what are you bringing shame you're bringing this and that. then i would talk to them i would spend some extra time to just talk talk it out with them that why do you think so why, what makes you think so? Why, why are you thinking? Instead of being rude or mean to them, and then they would make them understand and bring them in your team. So when you are going to, to actually bring a change in people's life or bringing change in community as together, you're also bringing change in people's life on your journey. And not just once you're there. You, 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 bring, you are actually touching each life that you meet every single day. So you are making sure that during your entire journey, whoever you meet in your life, you are bringing them on board with you with love and kindness. And that is very, very, very important because otherwise uh, I have seen personally that people start fighting and then it gets ugly and then it gets into another direction and then you lose what you were fighting for and then the whole topic takes another direction, you know, and you're not really fighting for the cause. So, Small little things that if you, for example, have to convince your family that you want to work on that job, if you want to convince your family to do something that you always want to do, to start up that business, to to uh, go study, to do your master's, to do anything, you know, you should also sit with your family and convince them, tell them and be with them and and make them understand with love, why are you doing it? Because if you don't do that, then you have a tense situation at home and every day when you come back home, you would be fighting a battle every day of your life and that won't help you in any way. So you would have to fight your battles inside your home with friends, with family, with your community, then country and then internationally. 
So you begin at very low and reach to the most uh, highest level. Yeah. And how can we support you? Oh. You gave us so much today. <laughs> I would say uh, the way, um, for example, I would bring it up is the reason I started Superwoman Next Door was and how you can support me is by sharing with me stories of such girls and women who are living next door to you we always as we always um, um there's a basic psychology behind it is that suppose whoever is your neighbor right now aliana i don't know who that is uh because she nice is your, <laughs> <laughs> so because she is your nice neighbor and you know her every day, you know, you see her every day, you think of her as, oh, she's my friend and she's a good friend. And she would think of you likewise. Okay, But now, for example, think from your neighbor's perspective, okay, not your perspective. Now your neighbor would think, oh, Aliana is so nice. She makes such nice coffees. Her kids are so nice. Everything, she, her house is a mess or not a mess. You know, she would judge you for everything because now she's your neighbor. So you're like very close and you know, everything. So she would not take your achievements or everything for, uh, she can take it for granted. She might think, oh yeah, she's doing this, okay, but no big deal. Uh, it's okay. But that's the whole point. Oprah Winfrey is not the only big deal. Aliana is equally an Oprah Winfrey as Oprah Winfrey is Aliana. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You are your own superwoman in your own way, doing your own amazing things. So is Oprah. It's just that the world knows Oprah and your neighbor knows Aliana. But is Aliana any less than Oprah? No. Oh, that's, that's what I always... <laughs> that is the reason I started Superwoman Next Door. That I have met so many amazing women and girls, Aliana, I can't tell you, who are like just casually living their lives and killing it. Like nailing it. Like breaking the glass ceilings managing everything and nobody knows about them why people don't know about them why is only all the famous ones or all the superstars because oh he she lifted her baby oh that's so cute no there have been so many women running around with four kids and still nailing their jobs as ceos of their companies or even as employees of their companies and doing everything so amazing why are we not talking about them why are we not saying that they are the real super women so I started this campaign called Superwoman Next Door to celebrate every girl next door who is doing best amazing things in her own capacity, in her own country, in her own city, in her own way, in her own life. I want to celebrate every girl as a superwoman who has been doing such amazing work which nobody knows about. So I want to now we can that. support you. Yes. Stories. Yes, send all the stories. I would like to feature them, write about them, make the, take the small video interviews. If they can send me a, a small video of themselves uh, in like 30, sec uh, 30 seconds to one minute because we want to keep it like one to one thirty uh, maximum. Where do they send those? Um, it, it is called superwomennextdoor at gmail.com or you can send it to my personal email ID upasna at manupcampaign.org. I can share it with you after we are, uh, we're done with the podcast and you can share it with your audience as well. So anytime you can contact, my name is Upasna Chauhan. You can reach out to me on any of the social networks as well. Feel free and I would uh, help you with that. That is the only way I because suppose I if I all of the links um, in the blog mm -hmm. post and on social media. 
Sure, sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. That would be amazing because I really believe that if if uh, one girl from one single small town, village, or community comes out and uh, and fights for them, the whole community comes out. That does not work with men. If one man or one boy comes out of that community, lives in the city or in another country, is he helping that community? No. He would just live his own life. But a girl is. So it's very important to celebrate each woman. We have to celebrate, encourage, uh, support, motivate every single girl and woman doing so many amazing things in the world. So each one of us is superwoman. And I personally believe in it that you have to be your own superwoman even if you're not. Do you not wait for your prince, young. I'm sorry? Do you know Katie? Katie, um, I don't um, know. No? Oh, well, I'll introduce you to her. I think you sure. will like her. She's a yeah. little woman too, but uh, in a different way. She makes uh, doodles. Uh, of oh, her. wow. Oh, are you talking about Katie? Yeah. I, I oh, can't I heard you Katie. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. really bad in, 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 even in the Dutch language. I can't are. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you said Katie. You meant no. Katie. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know her. I know her since many years now. Yes, yes, yes. I know Katie. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> yes, I know Katie. She she celebrates women by doodling about them. She's a good friend from many years. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. thank you very much for being on the podcast. I really want to do another episode. Yes, let's do it. I am so ready. I have a zillion so questions, questions in different, <laughs> different topics and we went all off topic but off topic. <laughs> I, I, I really think I like this episode even better because of it and I'm yes. sure that it does so thank you so much no problem Aliana thank you for having me it's my honor it really is my honor that I'm, I'm having with you and getting to share thanks for making it such comfortable as well that I could dig out all the way I really want to thank you for another reason because uh, since I've been ill I've been struggling with the podcast and I've been uh, passionate and I still have many many listeners and I'm really grateful for it because oh. but I couldn't find i was so tired all the time and yes for a long time i even couldn't read that was really hard mm. i couldn't read and i had trouble uh, struggle with speaking i'm saying yeah, really <laughs> see you are a superwoman yourself now yeah. imagine you went through so much but the time you felt well you wanted to inspire me yeah you and to encourage me Oh, thank you. It's, it's not it's it's not only that like, like you know you had me it was my honor so you encouraged me so the day you came back you stood up you started speaking you're not only speaking you're like shouting and you know <laughs> so that is the whole beauty of the women we have Aliana that's what I was talking about. We are so strong and and yeah. you know, speaking with you and preparing for the conversation and reading about you and. Uh, remember why I started the podcast is to exactly. feature mostly women who yes. do amazing jobs and um, just different from Kirti and different from what you do, but still featuring women doing amazing yes. jobs and learning from them. And yes. because I really want to live my best life, but I really want to honor the women in my life too. Yes, and exactly. Being busy and having 
my notebook again and yeah. <laughs> uh, things. I just remember why I started the podcast. Yes. Learning this from is that. why we all started. <laughs> and and there, there was, well, I, I remember now, so I really want to thank you. No, thanks to you, Aliana. I, I mean it. Because now when you told me about how ill you were and then uh, even you were struggling with, with your writing, speaking, getting back up, stand up. Imagine I'm, I respect you for this. I do. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Aliana, for now standing up again. And then the first time you're like, okay, now I'm back, guys. I am not <laughs> for that battle. And you're like, I'm not only standing for myself, I'm standing for Upasana, for Kiki, for Mandy, for, for those that 93-year-old, 8-year-old, 8-year-old. To everybody, that is so amazing that you're doing, Aliana. I would like to first start with you for the Superwoman next door, Aliana. <laughs> Do send me the details. I would love to be to you. <laughs> what can I best send you? How could I help you? Um, uh, so be begin with sending me uh, like a brief bio. Um, no, I wouldn't say like the professional. I don't like that because I, no. I like it casual. You know, I like it to be like more friendly so that people can relate to you and feel feel about you as, oh, yeah, I know Aliana, you know, like make when they read or write about you, they can feel, oh, yeah, she's like my own. And then please send me a video if possible. Oh, my oh. battery went down. Um, <laughs> and then uh, if, if possible, send me a small video, which I can edit and like, you know, um, add Superwoman next door things to it. And then if you can send that to me, I will uh, feature you as Superwoman next door from Netherlands. Just send me your country's name, your city's name. And then um, in your own words, tell about how you, you, how and when you decided to be your own Superwoman. When you had to take stand for yourself, uh, what part of life changed you? Why you were doing what you're doing? And what is your message for other girls and women, um, for, uh, not only from Netherlands, but from other countries as well, that how can they do it? And maybe share something about, because you're from Netherlands, and it's completely different for me as well, that how are women's life in Netherlands? Even I don't know much about yeah, it. I've been choked in my life. I've been abused mm -hmm. uh, so that my children were born seven weeks prematurely. I've been raped. I've been sexually abused, but losing Ooh. my... Yes, everything you mentioned, I can relate. But losing your identity. And of course, I lost part of my identity and I had to reclaim it. But lose it in a way that pe uh, women in India and Bangladesh yeah. do. It's... I really, um, I don't think you can't see it, and that's okay. I can <laughs> see. I can but see. I, I can really see. teared up just yeah, during a conversation. Sorry. I was like, yeah. that I know it because I've seen the documentary, and I, I do a lot of research, and yes. um, before I became ill, I read a lot. Yes. Losing, I've hearing you play it, and telling me about that 93-year-old woman and that eight-days-old eight girl, it really is, it's, I, I can't even. Unbelievable. And I, it, it's so hard. Then, I mean, the people that have met, the stories that I, I know, and that, you know, the, it's so disheartening in so many ways, Aliana. I feel so helpless. And that's what Naima makes me feel. For example, there was a girl. Her father used to rape her every day. Now, it's just now, like two months back. 
and like she can't tell her mom because her mom her, husband, her father already beats her mom so much so she feels that it's her fault yes and the the days that mom is not home or anything imagine like how gross how low can you go how low can you go you cannot go any lower it's and this guy this father makes sure that she doesn't go to school that's why the the whole key lies in education you need to study get good grades get yourself a job and get out of this whole cycle if if it needs to be get out of your family yes get out of that whole thing that puts you down anything and anybody that puts you down like seriously just get i i i was the one who would tell people never get out of this never get out of that you know and then you know be nice and no get out <laughs> like run for your life i think that that puts you down and doesn't lift you up because you deserve to be lifted up you deserve to everybody be- deserves to be yes. you know lifted up the the abuser also deserves to be lifted up for example so he will lift up or he will do whatever he wants to do in his own way but you also deserve to be, you have to think of it as respect for both you hit your abuser okay i hate my abuser of course i but i want him to get some brain in future you know <laughs> and have some empathy and, you know, <laughs> brain yeah <laughs> yeah, so I want him to be like you know. You also go get go go do. I would have told my abuser. I should have told my abuser that. Yeah, he needs I some mean, brain in the future. No, I mean because unless and until you need some brain and heart, both you need both. You need you need empathy. You need even if I want to go back to my abuser and tell him, I'd be like, you need some, you need some heart and brain both to be there. Yeah, you cannot be just walk into a room and just abuse a girl just no. because she's a girl. You can't be doing that to me. You cannot do that to me. You cannot do that to Aliana. You cannot do that to anybody else. You're not supposed to do it. But if you're doing it, I would make sure that you are either punished for it so that you know, learn the lesson. But I decide that you, I walk out of it. So if it, if if that relationship, whatever your relationship is with the abuser, if you have one or if you don't have one, you have to make sure even if it's your father, send him behind bars. Yes. Okay. What will happen after you send him behind bar? You would be left homeless. Yes, you will be left homeless. And then maybe you would be in, in difficult situations, conditions. You might not get proper help with your family, with your mom. Yes, you would be facing a lot of problems. Are you scared of it? Yes, you are. I'm also scared for you, but it's okay. Get over it. Keep going to your school. Find find some way. Make sure your life is anyways horrible. Yes. Your father is anyways raping you. Okay, if you step out of it, somebody also might abuse you. You would have to fight that battle, girl, because you're born a woman. You will fight it. Fight that battle. Be brave. Once you are there, once you are out of that, you cross that river of battle and abuse. Once you cross that river, then you stand up and give answer to all of these and make sure each one of those, the people that you abused you or not helped you or used you or you know any in any ways you you teach them put them behind bars teach them but you have to first make sure that you are brave enough to do all of this and love for, enough to- love yourself enough to do it don't don't dishearten yourself thinking oh no 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 my father abused me now if i step out okay this guy will also give me yes i would not be sweet coating things or sugar coating 
yes people will abuse you they because this crazy world is mad out there are people running brainlessly outside so we have to protect your, ourselves with by our own self that's why i keep repeating it you have to be your own superwoman please do not depend upon anybody be your own superwoman do not think that somebody would come and save you nobody would come and save you you will have to save yourself and you can so, yeah and you can save yourself Maybe you don't have to wait for prince charming to there is no prince charming coming to save you even if there is prince charming he can come like he can come and join you whenever he wants to but you don't have to sit and wait for him to come and save you you have to be you know take control take the things in your control and then do it accordingly and you know just just be like that and don't worry even if it you have to send your fa- own father behind bars send him he yeah. deserves to be i feel so lucky to have my partner that yeah, is so here. kind and he is such a yeah. good father yeah and, but the uh, the biological father of my children he was really bad he was really horrible so it makes me even that experience i'm grateful for because because i no, uh, have known poverty and because i have known despair and everything of the negative yes. emotions yes. i really can appreciate what i have now yeah so, but, but thankful thank to everything yeah i feel the same way to my husband right now because i feel like cuz i have fee- i have felt that fear mm. and been through all those stages i know how thankful i am for him now I thank God every single day. I even have a happiness jar in my home every day. Whenever oh, I feel I have one too. Oh, oh my God! One <laughs> too. Are you for real? Yes. Oh my goodness! Oh my God! Goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh, this oh is so awesome. yeah. This is this is this is. Oh my god. Okay, we are soul sisters. Yes, from now. <laughs> oh, this is meant to be. This is really awesome. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm I, going to so thank Mandy for this. I know you have to. I'll also send you a picture of my happiness jar I call it. Because I want to be thankful to the things that God has given me. I thank him every day that he he he's so kind to me. so loving so kind and it even now like even if we make fun of it or you know like imagine if you wouldn't have been there i can't even imagine that scares me out you know i can't even imagine my life before if not this mm. it scares the hell out the alternative me. is really scary it is scary so oh my god yeah oh happy to jar bunnies <laughs> This is so amazing. This is really That's awesome. the power. Yeah. Oh, well, we, I really want to talk further another time because I really want to Yeah, sure, on. let's do that. Oh, my hair is standing up. <laughs> Don't worry, look at mine. I'm just pretty much a mess myself, so. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So the alarm is starting off. again. <laughs> you don't want to move go down <laughs> yeah so it was so nice to talk to you Aliana thank you so much for having me And let's do it another time Opasna thank you for being a guest on the show I'm really glad to have a happiness joy soul sister now and I want to thank the listener too for tuning in I think that one of the wisest lessons in this episode is that you have to fight the battle inside your own home first before you can fight the battle of others 
You can find the show notes, links and references at aliannaloyega.com. But because my name is quite difficult, you can also go to pavepodcast.com and you will go to the same website. If you like this episode, please give it a rating in the iTunes store. We will be back with another episode of the Pave Podcast. Like this episode? Check us out at pavepodcast.com where you can find the show notes, more about the guests on the show, more about women's rights, information about my personal life story and how we can overcome adversity. While you are there, make sure you sign up for the newsletter. Until the next episode of Pave Podcasts.